is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, episode 12, with guest Travis Falligan. I met Travis during my first year at SCAD. Travis graduated with his BFA in illustration and has had notable clients such as Fangoria, 20th Century Fox Video, Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment, and Lionsgate Home Entertainment. Um, Travis, thank you for being on my podcast. Nancy, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored that you thought to ask me. And so I wanted you to tell my audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am a 40-something uh, kid that is still obsessed with pop culture, film, uh, uh, TV, anything uh, with the entertainment industry. Um, that usually spills over into my artwork. Um, you and I met in uh, the late 90s or mid-90s at SCAD. And um, I've been uh, creating artwork um, here and there, and just probably 2014, starting to gain some steam online with people noticing my work. So I continue to do that now, where I use online as a, a tool to get my work exposed to people out there, and I've had some good success with that so far. Yeah, your work is fantastic. I just love how your progression, you know, your development as an artist, because I remember your passion for movies, for just, um, you know, um, that whole kind of pop culture that was going on. And now it's becoming popular and seeing your work and how you've interpreted it. And it's not like a direct copy of it. You've put your own style, you've put your own stamp mm -hmm. on it. And it's highly original and it's just fun, the humor and it is, yeah. And I can see it being popular with a, even the younger audience now. I've noticed that. I've noticed that uh, not is it just people around our age, um, but they're, you know, obviously the internet um, and social media, a lot of young people use it. And so it's interesting to see younger people that, you know, um, respond to some of the subject matter in my artwork that remember those films or knew the film, knew the, the personality I illustrated or whatever. And um, it's a talking point and it kind of gets people to interact with not just myself as the artist, but also others in social media. And it kind of, that's how stuff gains uh, steam online, honestly, is interaction and people seeing it and sharing it and all that. That's really what it's all about. So I have been lucky with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a really great client list that you've done so much work. And like Fangoria, that's awesome. I was like, that is amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about, because I saw some of those um, of your client list and that one really intrigued me. Like, how did you Fangoria. get noticed by them? That one was uh, from uh, finding my work online, actually. Okay. And um, again, it's the power of the internet. You know, we've talked that, you know, the Internet has some bad things attached to it, but there are also a lot of great opportunities that come from it. I will tell you point blank that I spend nothing on advertising wow. um, and I don't go after clients. Um, I, I This is a confessional right now. Um, I don't go after clients. I actually I, I will tell you, I, I have a nine to five job um, that I'm lucky to have and I work remotely from home. So I still work wow. for my employer doing graphics work but um, I also um, have time afterwards to do my freelance at night so any us uh, you know illustration work that comes through that um, so I try to balance my work schedule and I don't want to get too overloaded so mm -hmm. I right now have a comfortable level of basically working two full-time jobs wow. 
team, I haven't gone out there and grasped uh, like I should the um, clients that I would like to work with. And I am, I am kind of working towards that right now and trying to go after certain magazines that I'd like to do editorial work for and things like that. Like, but Fangoria was one of my, like, I've always wanted to do work for them. I've been a fan since I was younger. And so that was a real um, great opportunity. They were lovely to work with and for, and um, yeah, that's one of my highlights at for sure. That's great. I think that's an equalizer in, um, you know, the art world now. Anybody can really, because of social media, can build their own presence. And I think that that's is cool. really... Uh, really nice because it was like before you felt like you you have to get an agent you got to mail out all these samples. Well, you and I know that game. Uh, <laughs> let's get the art cards. Let's oh mail my them. Let's get a mailing list. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know about you, but back in the early 2000s, I felt like I was pissing in the wind. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I never really nothing really came of it. And so, uh, and I wasn't about to spend thousands yeah. on an, an illustrator's directory ad and things like that. I, I, I always looked at that as kind of like a, um, I'm sure it worked for others and those listeners out there that it does work for, I don't want to trample on them. But I guess my mindset mm-hmm. is not attuned to that. I feel as though that's like, you know, casting a line and hoping somebody will, you know, nip. So my, the way I did it was, my idea was do the art you like to produce, Travis, mm-hmm. and get it out there for people to see. And someone's bound to like it. Don't just you know blindly spend two thousand dollars or thousands yeah. of dollars and send it to some catalog to put your work in, and in hopes that an art director flips to a page and goes, "Oh, that, that'll work." You know what I mean? So. Yeah. That's true because I think it's amazing. You've got a really great following on your Instagram and the. Uh, your website, you just, you had that redone recently. I just recently, I, yes, I just recently uh, did an overhaul on the website. I had my web designer, she updated it. It had been a year or so. Um, I honestly, I don't know about you. This is a little tip for other people because of the internet. I think you have to have a website as an artist Mm -hmm. as kind of a landing page for your stuff. But if you have social media accounts on Instagram, Tumblr, face, you have a Facebook page, you do Twitter, People are exposed enough to your work that I don't know how integral a website is to the artist anymore. Now, Mm -hmm. people can argue that argument with me, but I just think like if people want to look at my stuff, they can go on my Tumblr and find the old art. You know what I mean? But but I I definitely there are the, the plus to having my website is that everyone can go to it and go to the different links. Plus, it yes. acts as an online portfolio. Yeah. So. Do you have like, um, cause I can't remember. I was looking at your bio and some of the other stuff on there. Sure. Do you have like some of your, because I know you're selling your work on like yeah. actual products and stuff like that. Is that connected on your website and stuff as it well? It is. It is. And it's a little bit, um, confusing and I, you know, my designer, she did a great job. Um, but having shops or stores in various websites can get very confusing to lead people to it. Mm -hmm. One of the pluses with social media is that you can just uh, put a link up there to your society six shop and they can just go there. Um, But on the website, the one good thing, like I said, is it is acting like a landing page in that you can put everything on one area and direct people to your website and have them go to this store or that store. If they want to order prints from this shop Mm -hmm. or they want to get t-shirts, you know, whatever. The, the thing about my stuff and the subject matter, I will go into this briefly, yeah. subject matter that I use, their IPs, their intellectual properties. You have to be very careful, and I'm passing this along to everybody. Um, 
I don't own any of the subject matter I illustrate. Um, but there are there are a lot of people out there doing artwork of Disney stuff and selling yeah. it and, and you know things like that. It's a game of not getting caught. I'll be quite honest with you. So I don't I honestly haven't put a lot of time and energy into my stores lately mm -hmm. just because it is a fine line you have to walk. Uh, you know, uh, what do I want to say with stepping over the line of intellectual okay. property and things like gotcha. that. Gotcha. And that's copyright. Really and copyright. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. But I think, you know, nowadays, because I look at, like, especially with Disney, Disney's supposed to um, lose their copyright here soon to Mickey oh, Mouse. Oh. Yeah, that was because I was talking to my students about that. And then we kind of compared and contrast work that's being done by current artists on Instagram, their interpretations of, like, these Disney characters. And they did, like, do zombie versions of, uh, like, the Mickey Mouse and Daffy Duck and Minnie Mouse. Uh, and I said, uh, so how do you feel about that? I mean, they don't really own the character, but then they're reinterpreted it. And they were like, oh, well, we're, we're actually fine with that. We're comfortable with that. We don't feel like it's stealing. Oh, we don't feel like, you know, it was interesting to talk to my students about what their perception, because they're all in their, you know, they're teenagers. And so they're yeah. used to kind of that being part of their culture of seeing that. You well, know, you know, what's interesting is that kids, like you say, you're yeah. exactly right, that age group, that culture, they see things regurgitated online more than you and I did. Yeah. So like my work, for instance, are it's restyling of again, intellectual properties and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. kids these days see that constantly and think that's just a regular thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had my work stolen quite a few times online and people just sell it on things, on, you know, uh, T-shirt mm -hmm. sites, on, you know, Etsy selling pins mm -hmm. even. Oh, wow. And I stopped one kid, he was a young guy, and he thought that it was just fair game because, because it was on the internet. Uh -huh. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, I said again, it's a tricky thing because yes. the artwork that he stole was of an intellectual property that I didn't own. Okay. It's a very interesting thing, yeah. but it was my interpretation yeah. of that intellectual property, and they used that as their artwork. Oh. And I said, I hate to tell you, but that's not, you know, yeah. you can't just take yeah. whatever's on the internet and make yeah. money off of it. That's yeah, it that's true. That is true. Um, so to answer yeah. your question back and back yeah. about my shops and stuff, yeah. I don't, I try not to sell too much okay. based on intellectual properties and things like that. I just like to do my work. Yeah. Lately, I've been focusing on the work and getting commission work, freelance work from it, and maybe down the road selling prints of it and things like that. So that's great. Um, so I was wondering, can you describe the first time you remember making art and what that was like? Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was younger, like, you know, having your crayons, your coloring book, and, you know, trying to stay in the lines or, you know, trying to make the color match what you saw in real life. Like, if the sky was blue, you try to make that blue. If you try the grass green, you try to color it green. And then going off of that, like, I don't know if you remember the little uh, storybook read-along records, the 45. Yes, yes. I remember trying to copy the art off of those on paper with crayons when I was younger. And then... Um, there were stops and starts where I was fascinated with art. I would do stuff here and there. Um, I was in some like gifted art programs, but you know, my interest wasn't fully there as I grew up. But in high school is where I really flourished. I had a great art teacher, Mr. Bills in uh, California, and um, he inspired uh, the class quite a bit. And he let you, you know, illustrate whatever you wanted to, you know, you had to do the requisite, you know, old shoe, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And oh. used to do the basics of, you know, artwork. He was teaching you about light, shadow, and things like that. But he let me draw whatever 
I wanted to, and I really flourished from that point. And so my, my love for pop culture and film and stuff like that, it really inspired me to work harder and, and hone my skills more then. After that, going into college, as you know, we, we, uh, we were taught a bunch of different things. <laughs> yeah. So when I left college, I had to teach myself to go the digital route, something that I didn't study in school. But I still retained my love for the subject matter that I illustrated. And so I still do that to this day. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what software are you using? What What's your hardware and software you're currently using to create your illustrations? Absolutely. So I, I first started with Photoshop and an old Wacom tablet. And, um, you know, through the years, there's an artist. Um, oh, God, I'm going to forget his first name, but it's Frenden, F-R-E-N-D-E-N. He's a very talented illustrator artist. And he released some custom brushes uh, and things he created. And I followed him for a while now, and um, he had them for Photoshop, so I okay. used those. But um, back in, I think, 2014, he mentioned a program uh, called, oh, God, what was it? I think it was called Manga Studio. Oh. Have you ever heard of that? I have, was, I think. I may have heard of that, yeah. It was like in 2014 I heard about it. Uh -huh. And so I got that. It is now known as Clip Studio Paint. Have you heard of uh, that? Yes, I've heard of Clip Studio Paint. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, a lot of the work that I do is oh. Clip Studio Paint. I work in that program. I just feel it's more intuitive uh -huh. than Photoshop with your uh, stylus. And I also have a Cintiq tablet now where you can actually work on the screen itself versus the you know the just oh, the yeah. oh yeah i got one too i got my bad boy right here <laughs> yeah That's oh yeah i mean yeah. talk about like you know just oh, my, whole, God. my mind was blown you know i'm just like wow this is great and so that's what I use. So I use Clip Studio Paint. Mm -hmm. I use my Cintiq. And then actually, I don't know about you, Nancy, but like yeah. I like to go back into Photoshop. And um, if you've ever seen some of my work, sometimes it looks like it's aged or uh -huh. it's got like a paper texture to okay, it. Yeah. I apply those in Photoshop. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I um, ended up doing like I was doing some drawings and, you know, I was using like I was using an Intuos, Wacom Intuos uh, tablet, but it was just like yeah. and then I kept using that and then. I had um, somebody who I um, teaches animation, but he was like, you've got to use a, you know, Cintiq Pro. And I was like, really? There's such an investment. And it's like, I finally, I finally got one. I, I actually got mine on eBay. So I was like, I was going to pay full price for it. Yeah. So I, I got mine. It's a 16 inch. And then I only spent 950 bucks because it was 1499 brand new. So it's worked great. And it's like I started doing some animation. And now my all of my illustrations are digital. I'm using Photoshop for more of the traditional looking stuff. And then I'm using um, Illustrator for like any of the hand lettering, the, trying to mimic that lettering, hand lettering yeah. style that I like to do. So that's been that awesome. Yeah, your work, again, I've, I've told you this before, I love your work. And I it definitely, you... Your students, when you're teaching, I, I said this earlier, I think they'll look at you as kind of a beacon because you've got such professional looking work that they see that someone that's teaching us actually knows what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> she's, she's actually been there in the real world and is successful. Well, so that's great. That's always like, quite, it's just funny because they're just, when um, you, finally I showed them some of my work because I waited until after I'd had them for about 
almost three quarters of the year and then i would start showing them and they were just like floored they're like you know how to draw you know and i was like well yeah why would they hire somebody to teach animation or graphic design and they wouldn't know how to draw and they're just like they're like well my art teacher that i've had before they don't know how to draw and they i draw better than they do but i had fantastic students they amazed me with their ability and that's one of the reasons why i enjoy teaching high school because they're just able, the ca- their capabilities are such at a high level that you just go like, they have potential to take this somewhere. And they now have yeah. that focus. I've got a student who does a lot of video production work. He's only a sophomore, and I'm like floored because the degree of ability, and I go like, I can see where you're going to be in five years, and yes. I can see the ability. I mean, he's doing an internship with a local advertising firm. And yeah, he's going to have this amazing demo reel by the time he's a senior and he's going to, he wants to go to art school, um, for video and video production, but it just, it floors me. Amazing. Do do you look back, Nancy, and go, don't you kind of wish, like, you know, it's, it's kind of like these kids get off my lawn mentality, but it's like, (laughs) I wish, I wish we had access to the technology that they did at an early age. You know what I mean? Like. It's pretty amazing. Or think about children now oh that my have gosh. access to iPads yes. and they, the drawing apps oh. on the iPads. I mean, kids are producing amazing work on the iPads with the Apple Pencil and stuff, and I'm floored. I tried working on that, and I was I put it down instantly. I'm like, ah, don't want to deal with this. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it amazes me, yeah. And so, yeah, where they're going to go with it and how they develop. But I think – that's you know, amazing. Yeah, and I think because, like, you know, that social media we talked about, it's an equalizer. So if they choose yeah. that they are very passionate about this and they're willing to do the work, I almost kind of wonder, because I think I needed to maybe go to arts. I was very sheltered, and I wasn't very good at, like, communicating, just, like, talking to other people who were artists. And, like, yeah. those relationships you build in school, that you was, like, that. yes, you, I feel like I needed that. You just made me think about it. I think we were yeah. talking earlier before we started the interview about yeah. what did we learn at Mark School. And I told you I don't think I learned much of anything <laughs> as far as the yeah. as far as the, the art aspect yeah. of it. I mean, I never thought I was a great artist. I still don't feel that way. I think I learn every day, and I'm sure you feel the same about your technique and skill level and all that. But I don't feel that we have the the basis of what we need to know to get out here in the real world and be professional artists. However, you made a good point right there. I told you earlier that I think we got our, um, we met people and lasting relationships and that was the most important thing. And I think that, but you made a good point of communicating with others about your art. Those Mm -hmm. art critiques in class were invaluable. Uh, I forgot about that, but you just brought that up. That's a very good point. I loved the art critiquing Uh process in class. Um, there was a lot of BSers in there. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. Do you remember that? Like, I remember a guy came in, he always tried to BS the teacher, and he came in, and his art project was still wet with paint, and he was he would talk it up like, oh, it was this and that, and the teacher bought it, and we were all sitting back in the back going, are you freaking kidding me? Like, like we spent hours and hours on our work, but you're going to let that one pass. But, but it was so invaluable, though. Yeah. It was so invaluable because you got critiqued from people. You yeah. also learned to take critique. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of young people that just use social media to throw their art out there, and I've experienced mm-hmm. people our age that are successful in social media, and they get very angry at people critiquing their work, but that's part of the game. I mean, you, you can put it out there, but you have to be able to take, you know, people's uh, reaction to your yeah. art. You can't just sit there and go, oh, everyone's going to love it. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think that was a big eye-opener. I, I actually feel like I got better at communicating because a lot of it for me was going into teaching. It's ironic, like, I had already, like, illustrated a children's book, and I was so deathly afraid. Somebody had found me online from my website, and they were like, we'd love to have you speak at the children's book festival, and I was horrified. I was like, I was so scared. It was one of those things that I, I, I just told the lady no and I mean I had another person who they said you should do it I got paid like $600 for working four hours which is you know wow. fantastic just to draw a picture read the book <laughs> and I was like I was so deathly afraid and I was so like such an introvert like I when I went into teaching then I had to like speak to all of these students and now I don't even think twice about it and then I was finally able to go okay I can do a book signing I can go um, so, yeah, and it was like, but it was really from teaching to have that courage because otherwise, I they don't really train you. Like, I think that should be incorporated into, like, how do you speak? How do you project yourself? Because I'll say YouTube has been the best. <laughs> I do a lot of self help on YouTube, but I've been watching like uh, Christo, um, who does the the future his future channel. He said he was such a big introvert, and he actually spent like. I don't know, $100,000 going to a business coach to learn how to speak to people and just every day, like, become more of an extrovert. And I really could have used that years ago, like, yes. in college. Because then whenever you're showing your work, it's it's about, you know, showing your passion and your interest. Maybe you're, you're still working, you're still learning, but a lot of people will be able to, willing to take, like, wow, that person's really passionate they're going to do, they've got, they've got me convinced in what they're saying that they'll do a good job. I mean, like the work has to be good, but I think like, well, when you I know, met, it's a different, there's a difference yeah. between expressing yourself as yeah. an artist with your work on the paper. Yes. And there's a difference in expressing yourself with your words, just like you said. So you can do an amazing illustration, but can you also tell us about it? Yes. And, and you've had to learn that. I, just you telling me that you were asked me that, that all, that already makes me kind of cringe because I, I'm not, even though I'm outgoing, I, I am an introvert. I, I, I don't like doing the public speaking thing. It would take me probably a little bit to be able to do that, you know, or to be a teacher. I, I yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I feel like, um, I learned so much from hearing other people were like, yeah, you can really change those things. Cause I thought it was set in stone. So he had this thing of like, you just start randomly talking to people. And he was like, I was like, so I was like doing my grocery, you know, and then I go to the cashier and I just started having a conversation with the cashier. I was like, how's your day going? And then I just asked them some questions and then it's really about being good at questions. And I think teaching secondary has made me, especially because otherwise I really have to know my students build those relationships. And then I may, I complimented the bagger and I could tell it made his day. Cause I said something nice about, man, you are really, you're the fast ba bagger I've ever had. And he smiled and it made his day. And so I go like, no, that's not such, if I look at perspective wise, like I'm yes. trying to make somebody uh, maybe make their day nicer. That's, well, you know, this thing age, a lot of people, you know, they there's articles written about it everywhere about, we don't, we don't communicate anymore. I mean, we text, we, you know, we Instagram as we've been talking about and things like that. But so I bet you did make his day because most people just kind of ignore each other. Yeah. So being able to communicate, yeah. being able to, that's a very um, uh, important um, badge of honor that you should wear proudly, you know, to be able to do that because a lot of people can't do it. Yeah. Or they've lost, they've lost the, the, the know-how to converse with other people. Definitely. So, 
Uh, moving on to the next question. What is, okay, so you've kind of touched about your your inspiration from pop culture and bringing mm -hmm. that into your work as the type of work that you create. So I was kind of curious, like, in the future, what kind of projects are you kind of, because you kind of hit on that, so I was kind of curious, like, what kind of future projects are you interested in kind of, like, developing or themes in your work? Yeah, um, I, 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 like you said, I did kind of touch on this. I am going to be working towards um, targeting clients that I would like to work for. Fangoria was a big, um, uh, a big coup for me. I've all, like I, I've already told you about that, but I would love to do work for Entertainment Weekly. Ever oh, since I was yeah. in high school, I've been a fan of that, and it's kind of my work. target thing yes. there. That's my demographic. Um, so I'd love to do editorial work for them. Um, and other magazines maybe that I was interested in uh, doing work for them. I may have a project coming down. We're waiting to hear back about funding on it, but I, I, I don't want to say too much about it. Oh, but sure. I, I like doing work about, uh, I like doing work with um, video. Um, I did some work a while back for a, a documentary for a film uh, called Fright Night. I don't know if you remember. <gasps> yes. Uh, 80s. I, I'm, Love I'm obsessed that. with that. I have been since I was younger. Anyway, I was asked by a company, again, through social media, seeing okay. my work, to, to, to produce work for the opening credits of the documentary, and they animated them, oh. and, um, graphics, and they did such an amazing job. Oh it's gosh. another thing like Fangoria where I'm really like, I was so honored. Wow. Um, so I, there, there may be something similar to that in the foreseeable future, or waiting to hear back from it, but there's an upcoming documentary about the movie It, not the one that's been in theaters, but okay. the original with Tim Curry okay. that I artwork for that's <gasps> going to be opening of that uh, documentary. That's awesome. Yeah, so I would love to do more stuff like that oh, where it kind of incorporates the animation mm -hmm. part of it. You know, you have to you have to create still images, but they also have to be – you have to think about how they're going to be animated so when the person gets to them, the motion graphics person can animate them. So, that's awesome. So that's something else I'd like to do. I'd love to do more of that, yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, like, that's awesome that you brought in the that aspect of animation in your work. And I've noticed that on your Instagram because you do have some of those animated pieces that you kind of sprinkle yeah, I don't in know, there. I don't know if I ever told you, but yeah. when I went to SCAD, I wanted to become an animator. And when we were in school, we there weren't really any yeah. classes for that. Yeah. Um, so now I, I, you know, now they, I'm sure they have them and stuff. But mm -hmm. I still have a, a joy of doing basic animation, uh -huh. and uh, so I just do it through Photoshop and do gifts and things like that. But I would love to do more of that too. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's great. I just that's fantastic that you're doing that. So I was curious, as far as um, are there any um specific artists that you find that have inspired you through your work i to be quite honest and i'm not i'm not i don't have a big ego at all but this has nothing to do with that but i don't usually there are artists that i love their work mm -hmm. um as a fan mm -hmm. so I, I have a bunch of names i can throw out there oh, none, yeah. none of they're all great in their own and i never mm -hmm. try to copy their style i see a lot of artists that go oh i love this artist and then their style looks exactly like that artist i don't think there's somebody when i tell you i have artists that i love their work it's not anyone that's really inspired by yeah. specific style. so but um there's artists out there now uh like jason edmiston he does a lot of pop culture work he started out in advertising but now he does these amazing uh 
paintings. He gets a lot of gigs with Mondo, which do a lot of uh, licensed posters for movies and oh, film. And um, he does a lot of great artwork for toy packaging. Oh, uh, cool. There's a, there's an artist, Justin Erickson. He had a company he started years ago called Phantom, Cre Phantom City Creative. And um, he does his work now. It's amazing, his work. Mm -hmm. uh, there's ar other artists like Justin Osborne, Jeff Delgado, uh, uh, Rich Pellegrino. He's an, an older illustrator that did a lot of work in um, Entertainment Weekly. Uh -huh. He's got more of a painterly style, okay. but I love his work. Yeah. It's very expressive. Um, he takes the subjects mm -hmm. and he puts his own style into them. And so maybe in a way I do that. Well, you don't just outright copy a photograph. You throw your own style and personality into the work, and he's great for that. Um, Chris Wall, he's a comic book artist. He does amazing work. Massimo Carnaval, I've got some of his prints in my office. He's a, a comic book artist that does cool. pop culture scenes beautifully uh, painted digitally. I mean, his work wow. is just breathtaking. Um, and then there's Glenn Hansen. He's a gay artist. He does amazing work, uh, more of like cartoony uh thicker you know he's got line thicknesses and colors that that i will say those do inspire me those are great um so people like that i don't know if i just like word vomited about oh no it's okay no it's always interesting <laughs> actually nancy i prepared a list <laughs> oh yeah well that's awesome i'm gonna have to check some of those artists out because i'm always interested in finding out i mean that's the thing like i you know with social media that's been the really nice thing there are so many different artists putting their work out there and you I'm just always fascinated by like just the different kinds of art. I don't yes. know, like I'll get into like some Instagram feed where I'll be looking at like tattoo art and I'll just like keep scrolling I'm like this is stuff is amazing. There's or, so many talented people out there. Yeah, or it'll just be, I don't know, be kicked or career. I don't know. It'll be just whatever. And I just find it fascinating how people find that um, yeah, but tons of wonderful artists on Instagram. There's, there's tons of artists. The one thing I will say, yeah. though, is I, I always cringe when people yeah. say, I'm inspired by these artists, and you look at their work, uh, and they're definitely inspired because they yeah. basically aped their style. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, there's always that fine line like where you want to yeah. say, I I'm inspired by these. Or you can be inspired by an artist just by their take on a subject matter, That's but not true. necessarily their style. Because yeah. everyone needs to kind of use their own style. I'm, I'm always yes. adamant about that. Yeah. There are so many people online that are amazing at artwork, yeah. but they do Disney style. And I'm, I'm sure. like, I've seen that so many times. Yeah. It's like, give, get your own style. Yeah. Come on. That's true. I mean, it's like, it's funny. Somebody, when I was at this the Savannah Children's Book Festival, I know I had my work out there. It was kind of, I get a lot of, because my style looks very old and I can't help it. I guess I'm just an old soul or whatever, but these old ladies are so sweet. They'd come up and be like, oh my gosh, your illustration work looks like stuff that when I was a little kid and they're like in their 60s and 70s. But I cannot, for the life of me, I have tried to emulate that like style of illustration that's really trendy in children's books. And it looks, mine looks like crap. I just can't pull yeah. it off. So I just don't even Never bother. Crap. It just Never. looks like, yeah. Keep your style because that is what makes yours unique. That's what I don't understand. Again, we've talked about young people, and I'll make this brief. Young people that go online, you'll see them, and they they go, "Oh my God, I love your work," and you know, stuff like that. And I've seen, I've had some people like do artwork, oh, and yeah. they copy my art, and I'm like, "But you must have your own interpretation of it. Yeah. It's not, you know, yeah. have your own style. That's your brand." Yeah. 
just like Nancy, that's your brand. If they, I, if I were you, I'd take that as a compliment. If someone says that looks like artwork that I liked when I was younger or whatever, that means that you are a traditionalist and you're trained in that traditional work. That means you know how to illustrate. You're, you've got the basis and uh, technique that artists are missing a lot today. Honestly, there's a lot of people that don't have good rendering skills that the anatomy's off or uh, they don't know line thickness or light and shadow and stuff like that. So I would take that as a compliment if I were you. Yeah, it's just funny. They're sweet little old ladies and they're like, yeah. just, and I go like, oh, so my style looks like something from like 60 years ago. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll take it. Hey. Really well trained. Yeah. So that's a compliment. Yeah. Thank you. So, like, how do you stay motivated? Because you'd mentioned that you've been working, like, your full-time job, and then you're yeah. you're making work. So you're, like, working two jobs. How do you do that? Because that fascinates me, how people do that whole work-life balance, and how do you stay motivated to keep creating your own work and continue? Because Sure, sure. Um, so it all goes down to what I was saying earlier. You have to – you have to illustrate – what you're interested in. I'm not ever going to put out work of horses or sunsets. That's not what I'm interested in. And, and people may argue, well, you illustrate things that are, you know, other people's property, intellectual property, whatever, and they're exactly right, but that's what my interest is. So it's a, it's a tightrope act I walk with that portion. But I go back to, you have to illustrate what you're interested in. You have to love... If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, yada, yada, yada. And I work a lot. So I, I try to put stuff out on social media um, that I enjoyed creating or a, a subject matter that inspires me. And that is how you don't get burned out. Yeah, so, right. you know, that would be like forcing, I don't know, forcing you to... Uh, I don't know what you would not like to do, like, uh, I don't know, robot or, um, I don't know, like trees. Nancy, that's all you're going to draw for. <laughs> it's trees. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. You have to do what you enjoy. Yeah. And um, we have to pay the bills. So, that's of course, right. you have to illustrate some stuff that you may not be interested in subject matter. I'm not saying that. But um, if I'm going to promote myself online, I'm sure as hell going to use subject matter that inspires me. Yeah. And so that usually gets the jobs that would interest me creatively so awesome yeah i just i think that's amazing that you're able to put so much and then come back because i find it is difficult like full-time teaching and then you come home and you're trying to like okay i gotta still kind of do this and navigate that and but i will say teaching that secondary has made it really a lot more easier because i get inspired by my students they are very passionate the ones Ooh. that are really into it they are just phenomenal at really running with it and you you just see like oh man you're gonna like really blow out of the water you and know, see that's years. where you're getting your energy too is your inspiration yeah. from your students and yeah. so that helps feed your creative fire too yes and that's and the biggest thing i've also learned is just also probably you know treating it kind of like it's a business i mean like i know uh -huh. with that artsy fartsy stuff i'm terrible you know like i i don't know like it took me a long time to understand that you're really in business for yourself yes. and you know and working as a graphic designer for a decade full time that really helped me understand like how do you promote because i always worked in advertising and uh, marketing yeah. And so oh. some of those things that I've learned, you know, then I was like, oh, well, I can do this for myself. You know, this doesn't yeah. have to be just me just sending out a postcard or whatever and how to 
you know, share my work and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's 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 daunting, like yeah. you said. Like if you uh, if you, I'd love you know people ask what would you love to do. Yeah, and I think like you know I think you may say this at some point, maybe not anymore. Yeah. But I oh I'd love to freelance full time, yeah. be a full time freelancer. But with that comes a lot of headache. You know, it's a lot of stress to, to get in the, 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 you know, the money, the paycheck, mm-hmm. you got to follow up with the clients yes. and all that. And so the fact that I am blessed yes. to have a full-time job where I am still creative in some capacity, yes. I can do the freelance on the side and it still works. You know what I mean? Like you can have your cake and eat it too, because you got to be able to fund the fun stuff yes. sometimes. Yes. I so. agree with that. Yeah. Cause like, I think that's where I've, um, you know, nowadays, because I'm kind of like, you know, I kind of got so burned out. Like when I was doing freelance work, it's just like, it took a year to get a children's book done. It's like, that's a long time. And you just kind of- That's kinda, a lot of yeah. work for a children's book. That's a big project too. Yeah. So by the time, you know, the writer's written it, they contact me and then they're like, okay, you illustrator, going back and forth and all that and stuff. And sometimes you get a little bit burned out with that and you feel like, oh, you know, I kind of- I kind of want to do something for myself where I'm not having to constantly make, you know, I'm making the choices. I'm making the conscious decision to say revisions and things like that, which now I'm more like, yeah, you, you really critically, I look at them and say, because of experience, you're like, you know, I really need to fix this. I really need to adjust this. I haven't considered these things. And then it's more of myself versus somebody telling you, you need to make these changes. And I need them like, I needed them last week. And I'm like, oh, good gracious. Yeah, no. well, it, 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 that's so true. And you have to, when you were saying that, I kind of understand, yeah. you, you have to love, you either have to love the act of yeah. creating, mm-hmm. or you have to love the project you're doing, yeah. the, the artwork you're creating it for. So like, if you if you were really invested in that book you were doing, if you really loved the artwork yeah. you were creating, but then the back and forth wouldn't be so taxing. Um, I'm sure you, you enjoyed it to a certain extent, but it can be very draining. So you have to really find something you really like about a job. Um, And that happens for any job, not just uh, to be able to keep going to it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do want to kind of go back and redo my portfolio. Like, I mean, how you're constantly working. So like, how long does it take you to make one of your illustrations? Like the ones that you've been posting on Instagram, by the way. Well, you know, I I was going to mention this, so you kind of segued perfectly. So, so I was telling you, I have a full-time job during the day. And then at night I work on freelance or, uh, you know, the, um, uh, other work. What's the word that I was using before? Like when uh, somebody wants me to, anyway, freelance work, we'll say. Yeah. You also have to, you have to stay relevant on social media. And so by doing that, you have to constantly produce content. Mm -hmm. And my content has, my content uh, posting has dropped quite a bit uh, since 2014. I was posting almost nightly, but I I just can't do that anymore. It's it's too hard to keep up. Uh, So that actually, at the height of when I was posting and when I was starting to really get the ball rolling, I was posting a lot, which means work the full-time job, then at night, work on producing content. Now, what happens is, because I've posted that content so much, I've gained the notoriety where people want to reach out to me for work. I do the nine to five, then I start working on commissions. That's the word I was looking for. Commission work and freelance work at night, and it's kind of hard to squeeze in the time to do the artwork just to post. So, because a lot of the time, like some of the client work that you do, you don't necessarily want to 
post on your social media account because it's not really relevant to yeah. your do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how you're saying you have to um uh what's the word? You have to make sure your kind content looks curated, uh, kinda like it flows together. That's the word, yeah. yeah. So so a lot of the time you could spend a lot of time working on a client's work or a commission that not necessarily would fit in your curated, you know, mm -hmm. um post. Yes. So it's it's sometimes it can be a little tiring. It yeah. can be a little tiring trying to produce content, but it's almost like three jobs now. You're doing wow, your day, yeah. you're doing your freelance, and you have to do it to, to post on social media so you can continue to stay relevant and get more jobs. Wow. That is so. amazing that you do all that. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm floored because I find it really hard to consistently post on social media. And I've been doing a little bit more, like, maybe process videos occasionally here and there. Throw oh, that's those good. In. Just because I was like, yeah, maybe somebody would be interested in this. I have no clue. Absolutely. But, you know, it's like. The, the key to it is to post and, and stay Stay at it. Stay consistent and post. Even if you don't do it daily, uh, just make sure you do a post at least a week. Just stay at it. The more you do it, the more people see it, and then they expect to see your your whatever you're posting, uh, process videos, artwork, um, animations, whatever. They'll they'll keep coming back. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that that tip. Yeah. So, um, are there any favorite places that you have that you enjoy seeing art, whether you know, online or in person or the movie screen. Mm -hmm. I'll be quite honest with yeah. you. That's as I said up in the beginning, um, I'm inspired by film, uh, things like that. So I consider that art. It can be the cheesiest movie. I still consider it art. Um, I'm inspired by film and, and you, again, you've seen my work, you know what I'm, you know what yeah. I'm speaking. You've known no, me since yeah. college. No, you know what inspires me. And so yeah. really that's the best place to see art. I love traditional art. I love paintings. I appreciate that. But I think the art that I really get excited about mm -hmm. is film, music, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, even television, I guess, in that aspect. I, I have a collection of books. I love looking at um, old movie poster art mm -hmm. or even like um, advertising art from the 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. 70s, things like that. Um, so I, uh, I would probably say the movie screen or books. Oh, that's gotcha. I like that's my favorite place to see art that's awesome yeah i think it's always interesting just you know you know just where you can see it now i don't know so even playing field well, like you said before yeah. you know we have the internet yeah. so you almost don't even have to go out to a museum anymore you don't even have to go to art festivals that sounds very like yeah. <laughs> that, that <laughs> definitely sound like a uh, like a uh, uh what you call, like a, a person that hides in their little cave you're gonna be a hermit <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But but you know, really, in this day and age, you can you can find art on the internet. You can see anything anywhere by the click of a mouse. You know, yeah. so I, I find what's interesting, like Instagram. I tend to like gravitate towards artists that are either um, the ones in, who are like Asian artists, and then I've also a lot of Russian artists, illustrators. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's these amazing grouping of. Russian illustrators, their work is That's, phenomenal, and there is no way I would ever see their work if it wasn't for Instagram. Exactly. How else would we be exposed to people in other countries? It's astounding, and their work. I'm blown away with talent all over yeah. the world, and, it's, and there's no other way. Yeah, and it's the aesthetic. I go like, oh, there is kind of an aesthetic that out in that world, that part of the world that they kind of have, and their perception of yeah. things, and what they're looking yeah. at. I really enjoy that part of it. 
You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting to see others' viewpoints and inspirations, how it comes across in their artwork. It's it's very different. So what would you say is your most, you know, indispensable item in your studio that you just cannot live without? It would, it would, to be basic, it would be my laptop. That's, that's where, because I have to have that in order to have my Cintiq to do the work. So it would be the laptop. Yeah. Oh, I'm curious. What kind of laptop are you using? I'm still, Nancy, I'm using a, let me see how old it is now. <laughs> five or six year old um, uh, MacBook Pro. So it's oh, like five yeah. years old. It hasn't yeah. died yet. So I'm lucky. They're good. Hey, I just actually bought off of, once again, eBay. Love eBay. But I bought a, a 2015 MacBook Pro. Nice. Yes, and I got it was only like eleven hundred bucks, eleven hundred dollars and eleven twenty. Yeah, yeah, that's how much I paid for it. And that's yeah, it works great. Yeah, I never have any issues. And I'll tell you, I've got I've got a work laptop for my yeah. nine to five, and it's a PC. And boy, there's such a difference. There is such a difference with uh, the um, the quality of the computer. And yeah. uh, I prefer a Mac. I oh, just yeah. prefer a Mac. Me too. So I, I run piece, a PC lab and I'm always like, dang it, those short keyboard shortcut. Why do I have to like, my hand is like twisted like this, trying to do three keys yes. at one time to do this keyboard shortcut. And I don't have the time to go back in there, reset all of them and try to I figure out what you're just like. I can't imagine. So, but yeah. So um, this is my last question. It's always like, it's like one of these deep questions. Um, okay. Yes, it's um, at the end of your life, you've made all the art that you've wanted and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence, but a note you've written with three final truths, what would those truths be? Kind of deep. Maybe. Okay. Um, the first one that I always think of, no matter, you know, everybody can relate to this is never take life too seriously. Um, because we all have hardships. I mean, the things that we faced and you, you just can't, you can't take life too seriously. You have to have a sense of humor. Uh, the second one would be, uh, be an original, be an original you. Uh, it goes back to what we were talking about with people's styles of art, even mm -hmm. celebrate your differences, yeah. be you. Okay. And then the third one would be live your truth, which may sound kind of like yeah. the second one, but live your truth. I, um, I, came out in college um and uh i've i've you know been happy being who i am so when you say live your truth yeah. that goes for any walk of life any person and and you'll be amazed yeah. at how um how much more happy you'll be by doing that so that's great well i really appreciate you being on this podcast i'm really so honored and yeah. i was so excited <laughs> to hear from you it's been forever since our I faithful night back oh my night where we almost got killed, Nancy. <laughs> uh, that, but yeah, Guardian Angel in his car took us back to school. Oh my God! Yeah, I really, I that that man was so kind and concerned That's that right. he, you know, we we're like out walking in the was, middle of the night of Savannah night. We're like all the way past like MLK. We're going to we, headed to we like were South. We were walking into neighborhoods yeah. we didn't even know existed, and uh, I, he was such a nice guy, but yeah. you were definitely my partner in crime with that because I was terrified, <laughs> and I, you and yeah. I made it safely, yeah. so thanks to the guy, the, the guardian yeah. angel we had, okay. 
Yeah, that was really nice of him that he was so concerned and there are, you know, really, truly, like in the South, I mean, I will be honest, a lot of the people in the South, they're just really, really just nice people and concerned they about like, them. yeah, I think we're in yeah. some other places, they're a little like, you know, standoffish, yes. um, but they are a little bit still like concerned, like kind of like a concerned neighbor, you know? Uh, yeah, I need to come visit Savannah. It's you been should. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Like I was telling you earlier, the amount of movies that are going on. Oh, even better. astounds yeah. me and i just go like if I, I i don't know i think that would have been like a part-time job we would have had we would just been extras on movies you know yeah. made money <laughs> and then ate the the food from you know yes. catering and stuff um you know just to have those experiences because that's like we would go and i remember you know you you would always find out where the the movies were being shot i had no idea oh, where you were getting cool. your information from but we just sit and like wait that was like uh, the stars aligning that we found stuff like that content. I was yeah. so excited about that. I that that's one of the things I always remember about SCAD is that they filmed movie there over there. That was so awesome. So yeah. awesome. And they continue to do that. I just like Which yeah. Is great. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of the stuff on Netflix, you know, like we didn't have Netflix I guess, but they're filming movies from uh Netflix. I can't remember, but like I told you I saw it. David Spade, Adam Sandler, my that is crazy my husband has seen antonio banderas um That's oh, so much lady and the tramp the um live action version they filmed that in savannah parts of that i heard that they, i heard something about that yeah oh my god you guys have hollywood in your backyard yeah and then like the cobra kai season two they filmed I'm that on tybee yeah, I'm yeah. jealous about that. I would love to see them film that. I'm a big fan of that show. Oh, I love that show. It is fantastic. I was like, oh my so gosh. It, it was like everything you you would hope for. It, and then it yes. was like, oh my gosh. And just to tell you, I was I was never a huge, yeah. huge Karate Kid fan growing up. I mean, we saw the movies and yeah. everything like that. But that show is so well written. Yes. It was the perfect timing for it. So oh, I'm jealous okay. that you get to see that out in your backyard. Yeah. So, but thank you again for being on my podcast. I don't want to take up any of your time, any more of your time, but, um, yeah, it was so great catching up with you. And, um, can you tell us like where to find you, like your website, your, um, Instagram? Absolutely. Um, you can find me online, uh, with the tag IB Trav. That's I B as in boy Trav as in Travis. So okay. find me on Twitter, Ivy Trav. I have a Facebook page, yeah. Ivy Trav Artworks. Mm -hmm. Instagram is Ivy Trav. And my website is ivytrav.com. Okay, great. Yeah. People should check out your work and see it. But yeah, I, I love the inspiration you get from pop culture. It just brings me back to my younger days. So I really appreciate it, Nancy. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Okay, great. Well, you have a good one. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, uh, hopefully I'll put some more out and have some other great um, artists like Travis. Okay. okay All right. Thank you. thank you for listening.